Loved ones, what's going on? I'm Bruce, and this is A Bigger Story. So back in 2005, which, wow, 17 years ago already, the Goo Goo Dolls released a song called Better Days. Any Goo Goo Doll fans? And from the very first time I heard that song, Better Days, I've always thought that it would make a really good Christmas hymn, a Christmas carol. And you ask me what I want this year, and I try to make this kind and clear just a chance that maybe we'll find better days. Because I don't need boxes wrapped in strings and designer love and empty things. Just a chance that maybe we'll find better days. I love that song. And here we are at the end of a year, 2022. And if you're like me, you've gotten your COVID shots. Probably you even had COVID. I did. But you're working hard to live your life, to put this whole sorry COVID pandemic behind us. But you have some loved ones who have been going through long bouts of chemo or other things that make them still super vulnerable. So they're still masking, still isolating, still staying home, and still longing for better days for them. Or the fallout from all of this is impacting you directly. Your paycheck isn't keeping up with inflation or the ongoing intractable division, especially in the U.S., but not only in our whole world, is just demoralizing to you. Or you feel deeply the sadness of the war and destruction in Ukraine and concern, too, because it's pretty close to being yet another world war fought by proxy. And so we all keep hoping that maybe we'll find better days. Maybe you're trying to wrap up the year at work and you've noticed that your coworkers, your bosses, or the ones who call you boss, or your customers, or other stakeholders in what you do all seem to be at emotional red alert, stressed about wrapping things up or hitting year-end numbers, whatever that is. And it's Christmas, and it's supposed to be, allegedly, this magical time of the year But everyone around you, and you included, are feeling more like stress machines and hoping for better days. I really hope for you that somehow these days of Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and the year about to unfold feel somehow like better days. So let's start small. Forget about 2023. Let's just focus on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And if you're listening in more or less real time, uh, this episode of A Bigger Story is being recorded on December 22nd of 2022. So let's just focus on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And God, I hope that the actual story that Christmas is about still has some power to help, to give joy, glad tidings peace on earth, goodwill to all. For me, this is the first Christmas in decades that I'm not a pastor in some church somewhere, not helping to lead a Christmas Eve service, not giving the sermon, and it feels really, really weird and unsettling. I thought I'd feel relieved, no pressure on a Christmas Eve, no feeling like I have to preach the best sermon of my life. No falling home exhausted after midnight mass and collapsing into a chair, pouring a drink, and watching the Pope on TV from the Vatican because I need someone to preach a sermon to me. 
I really thought I'd feel relieved by all of that. I do, and I don't. And I'm struggling to even want to go to church on Christmas Eve because I won't know what to do with myself. And I've talked myself into feeling like I'm not going to like it, which I know probably sounds crazy, just being vulnerable, transparent, honest. And I will go to church. At least that's the plan right now. We're getting a blizzard across the Midwest. I'm in the Chicago area. So who knows? But the plan is to go to church first because Maureen wants to. And for the first time in decades, we can actually go to church on Christmas Eve and sit together with each other because I won't be up front. And I owe her at least that much. But I'll also go to church because there's something important that happens, something symbolic, something rich with an image that I need. And it's this. On Christmas Eve, we gather at a church in darkness, some kind of darkness. The lights are turned down. And I think it's because we really want to see light, even hints of light, in a dark world. And it's in the darkness that emerging hints of light are most visible. When I was a little boy, I used to love to get up way early in the morning when it was still dark out and go downstairs. And this was the days of those big colored glass Christmas light bulbs on the tree. I'd love to have a string of those again. They were so cool. And it was dark out and like five o'clock in the morning in the New York metropolitan area. And I would plug that tree in and just sit by myself and just marvel at that light because it's in the darkness that emerging hints of beautiful light are most visible. I learned somewhere along the line that to minimize the darkness is to minimize the light. To minimize the darkness is to minimize the light. And so this ritual of Christmas Eve candlelight services is really helpful to me because we don't minimize the darkness. We begin in it, and we end up at the end lighting candles, hints of emerging light. And this is why I still cling to the sacred stories of my faith, the whole biblical story begins in darkness, literally. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. And the first divine words spoken over this formless void of darkness, let there be light. Then this ancient story moves forward. And as it does, if you start in Genesis and just keep going, page after page, book after book, The story is about the ups and downs of these people as they try to figure out the whole being human thing. And they have these times of amazing success at it, times of light, and other times of abysmal failure at it, times of darkness, times when they manage to align who they are and how they are with divine wisdom, fidelity with divine wisdom which, by the way, is how I define the word faith, fidelity with divine wisdom. 
And then they have these many times of infidelity with divine wisdom, times of violence, pain, betrayal, wickedness, evil, darkness. And then about two-thirds of the way into the Hebrew Scriptures, the prophet Isaiah shows up and he says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness. A light has shined. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. But then it takes about 700 years from that announcement to the birth of Jesus in the New Testament, the Christian scriptures. And that happens at a time when the world has descended into what seems to be even deeper darkness. And it's into that darkness, in the middle of a dark night, to some poor shepherds near Bethlehem, that an angel of the Lord appears with the whole company of heavenly beings on a dark night. And check out the story. An angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, shone around them. In other words, again, in the darkness, light. In another telling of the Christmas story, this one in the Gospel of Matthew in the New Testament of the Bible, wise men, magi, three kings show up to see this Christ child. And the way they get to where this Christ child is, is by traveling by night following a star, a star, light, because in the darkness, light. This persistent move from darkness to light is so much a part of this story, like a plant bending toward the sunlight. I think the whole story, this whole ancient story that has come together as a compendium of sacred stories called the Bible, is trying to tell us That however persistent the darkness is, the light is more persistent. Here's the thing about darkness and light. Darkness doesn't require a whole lot of maintenance. Light? Light requires constant tending. If you've ever lost power, you know this is true. The darkness just happens. For light, you have to build a fire or have fresh batteries for your flashlight, or fuel for your generator. You have to light a candle. That's why, whether you end up going to a Christmas Eve candlelight service in a church, or you stay home, I hope that you still play along with this ritual, because this ritual is important. Even if you stay home, turn down the lights, light a candle. It's a practice literally a practice. When we do it, we practice lighting the world. And the reason we practice it is so that we can actually do it when we need it. When you're around someone who is challenging for you, who drains life from you more than they give you life, or when you're frustrated because someone cut you off in the parking lot or trolled you on social media, or you're back at the store this Christmas for the umpteenth time because you forgot something and you're frustrated because you're on this long line. But then you get to that person at the cash register and you're feeling grumpy and frustrated 
But that person at the cash register, they've been on their feet for eight hours dealing with grumpy, frustrated customers, and they aren't home with their loved ones. And in each of those moments, adding to the darkness is easy. Just be angry or grumpy or self-centered. Don't smile. Don't be gracious. Just be entitled. In a hurry, add to the darkness. It's easy. Requires very little effort. Or tend to the light. Dig a little deeper. Practice the story of light shining in the darkness. Every word you and I speak, every look and glance we give, every reaction and response we have, we can choose. Will I add to the darkness or will I add to the light? My recommendation? Add to the light. The 19th century poet and novelist Robert Louis Stevenson was somewhat sickly as a child. He spent a lot of time in his room. One night, he was looking out his second-story bedroom window to the street below. He noticed the lamplighter. This is the 19th century. He noticed the lamplighter lighting the oil-filled street lamps one by one. And young Robert Louis Stevenson exclaimed, Look, that man, he's punching holes in the darkness. Darkness covered the face of the deep. God said, Let there be light punching holes in the darkness. As the prophet Isaiah told it, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light punching holes in the darkness. To angels tending their flocks by night in the darkness, the glory of the Lord shone around them, punching holes in the darkness. And how about you and me? We could choose to light up somebody's dark world, to be one of those who punch holes in the darkness with a kind word, a kind gaze, with a choice to be gentle, forgiving, tender, merciful, generous, loving. You ask me what I want this year, and I try to make this kind and clear. Just a chance that maybe we'll find better days. Days where the light defeats the darkness. For me, for you, for all of us. And so we wrap up the first season of A Bigger Story. I want to tell you thank you for being part of A Bigger Story and the Bigger Story family this year. Season two will begin the week of January 9th. 2023. Not too far. In the meantime, stay in touch. I always want to know what you're thinking and what things you might like to hear about on a bigger story. Bruce at brucecole.tv. Remember you are loved and Merry Christmas. May your Christmas be filled with light for you and for those you love. Talk to you soon. And you ask me what I want this year and I try to make this kind and clear Just a chance that maybe we'll find better days